I'm thankful for a little group like this because we can go wherever we want to go. <laughs> we don't have to worry. And I was sitting back here and I'm thinking about what God's already going to do. And this verse came to my heart. And it says, uh, this is Matthew chapter 13, verse 17. It says, For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see and have not seen them, and to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So this is what the Lord said to me. Oh, thank you. I probably don't need it. I'm going to be all over the place, but thank you. Uh, if, let's say, that the, the, the physical Jesus... The earthly ministry Jesus would walk into the room here. Now, number one, we would say, oh my goodness, he's here. And we would say, this is an opportunity that may never happen again, that I could go to him and ask him to do something in my life. And number one, we would say, because we would be so drawn by his presence, we would say, I know he can't fail. I know he can't fail. Anything I ask of him, he's, he's, he'll do for me. If I need to, 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 to have him release something or, or to lay something down, he'll do that. If I need to answer a prayer, I mean, I mean he's here, and, and, we, and he'll do that for me. And, you know, I'm telling you, if he would walk in the room right now, we would probably fight over each other about who's going to get to him first. Well, my need's greater, my need's greater. But what Matthew says right there is actually we have a greater it says, prophets and righteous men have desired to see what you see, and yet have not seen them, and to hear what you hear. You know, we put emphasis on the disciples and the apostles, with don't, hey, the foundation, the bedrock there, but actually, it was a less version that we have. We have the inner dwelling of the Holy Spirit. We have the inner dwelling. So we, we put so much emphasis that if he would walk in the room, but his presence lives in us. So I, I feel postured in that direction that you would just begin to play for a minute. If you guys feel like a song, that's fine. Just strum. But I just want to, can we just see with the vision of our eyes tonight and by faith to say, he's in the room. And if he's in the room, just as much as the physical form, that we have the indwelling presence of the Holy Spirit living in us tonight. And we could say, if that's the case, man, what would I ask him? If he is in this room, because he cannot break his promise. His word is his word. He cannot break his word. And he said, where two or more are gathered, I am in the midst. When we're gathered in his name. Two or more are gathered in his name, I am in the midst. It changes everything. It changes everything. I believe God's going to do something tonight. I believe something's going to be loose tonight. Hallelujah. Let go of tonight. Glory to God. But I just want to begin to, just for a second, he's, right. he's exactly right. He's in the same vein I'm in. Let's just posture our hearts to say, Lord, we see you walking in. And, I'm, and I imagine, let me just say this, I imagine if he walked in, you know, where would he go? He knows the hearts of everyone. Would he look for the greatest need? You know, would he, I'm going to finally, you know, if I was over here and let's say I had a, 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 a row full of people, I'd be like, can you move? Can you move? I want, I want to save this seat so Jesus sits next to me. But the presence of God is saying tonight, he said, I'm coming right for you. I'm coming right for you. I know your need. I know what you're, what you're up against. I know what you need me to do in your life. And if you would just realize the presence you have living in you, it's greater than if he would even walk earthly form, walk in here. It says, it says prophets and righteous men have desired to see what you've seen and to hear what you hear, and yet they don't have it. We have, we have, we have it all. So, Father, we just come to you right now. As they play for a minute, 
we pray you would give us eyes of faith to see the reality of your presence. That, Father, as you've walked in the room and you've sat right next to us, your presence sits right next to us, and it puts his arm around us and says, what can I do for you tonight? Father, we don't take for granted or take advantage of it, Father. This opportunity will never come again. We don't look towards the future. We don't worry about next week. We don't even worry about tomorrow. But, Father, we are living right now in this moment alone, and you've come to meet us here. So, Father, we pray tonight that, that your children begin to ask you by faith things that we'd like to see happen in their lives. Father, it doesn't have to be vocal, doesn't have to be public, but Father, in the secret place, they begin to ask you, God, if you are who you say you are, and your presence is in the midst of us right now, and you're the same God, the Holy Spirit is the same God as the earthly form. It is three in one. Not a big God, a literal Jesus, and a tiny, tiny Holy Spirit, but three in one. And Father, we pray right now in this moment as, as they play this little song, that we begin to ask you tonight the very needs of our heart, the very things we'd like to see you let loose of tonight, things we'd like to be able to lay down tonight, things that we are not able to do on our own. But now that you're in the midst, nothing is impossible. In Jesus' name, and amen. David said in the Psalms, he said, uh, Lord, Examine my heart. And he said this. He said, try my reins. Like, a, like an animal, try my reins. If, if you pull left, I'll go left. If you pull right, I'll go right. If, I want to see if I work. I want to see if I work in conjunction with how you're leading. And, and he said, if there be any wicked way in me, then, then remove it. And I believe that God is doing a thing in, in this generation today. And uh, it's, it's really powerful. You know, but you have to understand that there's a few things that really have to take place before him to really be able to use us. And, and I, I believe that just we see in Pentecost, we also see that, the, the, that the, when the fire of God fell, it rested upon the disciples. We see also in, in the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan that in John it said that the, the dove descended and, and rested on him. It rested on him. It wasn't just that it came down, but it rested on him. And, and I believe that we see, and I want to talk tonight about uh, the cult that we see in Scripture when, before Jesus' triumphant entry and how we can be the cult. I believe that God is calling us to be the colt, to, that he may rest on us and, and ride on us, that he, we, may, we, we may carry him everywhere we go. And I believe that, that that's what he wants us to do, to carry his presence, to carry his glory. But there are things that have to take place in order that happen. But I want you to know tonight, uh, and I want to say this, that this generation, that this generation has been handed the world in the condition that it's in. Now, to the religious mind, it's doom and gloom. Two mics. I thought I was going to have two mics. But to the spiritual-minded, it's not doom and gloom. It's the good news. That to say, man, he would trust me. He would trust me with the souls of those around me. What a, what a, what a calling on this generation. So I want to turn to John chapter 15. I'm going to be John chapter 15, Moscow, going to be in Luke chapter 19. 
whoever's back there, you may turn me down a little bit. I operate in the loud. <laughs> I'll try not to. But I want to encourage you tonight, especially uh, the first time I came was just the other week, and, and just to see what you guys are doing. And I'm not trying to boast of you, but I'm trying to boast of the one that lives in you, but that, that he is setting you apart, and he is doing a work that no one else will do. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. So, and, and <laughs> I don't know about you, but the minute he begins to work through me is the moment I feel so unworthy to say, like, why would you allow me in the condition that I used to be in to, to be able to carry your glory? But John 15, 16 says this, ye have not chosen me. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. Think of that for a second. That, you know, it's easy for me to choose Jesus. Sinless, perfect, sitting on the right hand. He did it all. But he says, you didn't choose me, but in fact, I chose you. And not only did he chose, choose, choose us, but it says, and ordained you. He ordained you. Listen, uh, I went through the motions. I got ordained through a denomination. But can I tell you, John 15, 16 is the only ordination we need right there. That I did not choose him, but that he chose me. And that not only did he choose me, but he ordained me. He said, I give you, all the, uh, we can burn the paper. <laughs> we can burn the paper. The ordination is in the spirit that lives in us. But he said, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain. And it gets even better that whatsoever ye ask of the father in my name, he may give it to you. That's what he's done. He's saying, that's what I, he said, I've chosen you. Now, you have to understand that generations, he's before time and he's after time. And yet he looks at you and he says, literally, I chose you. He doesn't say that he chose all of you. He literally says, I chose you. And we see that that's why we see scripture being God breathed. You say, well, he was just talking to the disciples. Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable to us for doctrine, for proof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, right, righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So when I read that about the disciples, the spirit is saying, no, 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 no. I'm talking about you. That I've chosen you, I've ordained you, and through you I'm going to produce fruit, and your fruit is going to remain, and you're going to have a, a, an authority in your prayer that whatever you ask of the Father, that I, he may give it to you. So turn with me to Luke chapter 19, but I want you to keep that in the back of your mind right now. Two things, that when David prayed, he said, God, try my reins. Try my reins. You know? Pull left. Pull right. I don't want to go before you. I don't want to go after you. I only want to go as you're leading. And he said, if, they, if there's anything that's interrupting that, then we got to get it out of the way. So we see that. We also see John 15, that he chose us. But Luke chapter 19, around the 29th verse, it says this. And it came to pass when he, Jesus, was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany at the mount called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples Keep that in the back of your mind, too, because I believe when God's going to call us to pray tonight that, that it was not by themselves 
that I believe God's going to lose something tonight. I believe God's going to untie something tonight, but it's something that you are not able to tie on your own. But through the disciples, through the two that were sent out, that things were t- untied because of it. And I'm thankful for prayer. We've been stuck on James 5, the prayer of faith. Any among you sick, let him call before the elders. Well, why can't I just pray myself? Because there's power when we bring people forward. Norning them in oil and says in the prayer of faith they'll, they'll be here. But it says that uh, he sent two of his disciples, say, Go ye into the village over against you, in which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied. Tied. Understand about that. A colt was never meant to be tied. What, what good is a colt tied? It doesn't do any good. A, a colt's meant to run. A, a colt's meant to carry. A, a colt's meant to have a load, to, to, have, to have a job, but tied, locked up, bound. And I believe that is not the purpose of the colt. We see in Romans 16 and, and verse 17 and 18, Paul says this, But God be thanked that ye were servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was believed from you, being made free from sin, ye became servants of unrighteousness. We were left free. We were locked up, we were bound up, and because of what he did, we are now free from sin. And we're no longer tied up, we're no longer bound up. But it goes on to say, not only you'll find a colt tied, but you'll also find a colt whereon never, or yet never man sat. A man had never sat on that colt. And I can tell you with 100% authority, before I accepted Jesus in my heart, I used to say, I'm going to live the way I want to live. Ain't no one going to tell me what to do. I'm going to go where I want to go. I'm going to do what I want to do. And ain't no one going to stop me. Ain't no one going to hold me down. I'm going to live the way I want to live. I'm going to party the way I parted. And then I met a man by the name of Jesus. And I said, well, I've never been, you, you ain't going to break me. You ain't going to domesticate me. You're not going to humble me. And man, I, I met that love. And I said, do whatever you want to do. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. But he said, whereon yet never a man sat. Well, we look in Mark 5. Turn with me there. I just want to show you that. What happens when we meet this Jesus? It says that there was a man by the name of Legion. It says, they came over to the other side of the sea into, this, into the country of Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there, there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit, whom had, had his dwelling among the tombs, and no man could bind him. Same thing. No man could bind him. No, not with chains, because that they had often bound him with fetters and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the fetters broken to pieces. Neither could any man tame him. Always, day and night, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stone. But when he saw Jesus, it changes everything. Man, I was, had an opportunity to be at Eric and Sarah's last night, and, and there's some situations that, with some people that we know that we're dealing with, and, and Eric said, I think it's, we just need to worship. And you know, and my counselor side, my pastor side, well, I think we need to talk about it. I think we need, and Eric said, I think we just need to worship. And everything in his presence, things begin to fall off. And I'm telling you right now, it says he was afar off. Jesus hadn't even came close. And it says Jesus was afar off, and he ran and worshipped him. The same one that said, you ain't going to incarcerate me. You're not going to tame me. I'm going to do what I want. I'm in the mountains. I'm in the tombs. Ain't no one going to stop me. He saw Jesus. He ran immediately and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. So back in what we're seeing about the cult, it says, um, 
We see that. It says, not only was he tied, not only had yet a, ne- a man never set on him, he says, loose him. Loose him. Loose him. Untie the rope. Loose him. Let him go. We see the very same being said, where? At the tomb of Lazarus. He calls forth. Lazarus come forth. He comes forth wrapped in grave clothes. He looks at his family and says, loose him and let him go. Listen, if we're bound up, and I just want to be honest with you tonight, I don't care what it is. It's not for me to say. That's why we need to pray like David. Lord, you know my heart. Try my reins. I'm not asking for man to try my reins. I'm asking for you to try my reins. He that knoweth to do good and doeth it not as sin. That, man, that, that, that puts a blank line because we like to categorize it. But Lord's saying, I need you completely loosed. I need you completely free from everything. I need you completely free to be able to do what I want you to do. And he says to the two disciples when you get there, yes, he's tied up. Yes, he's never been sat on. He said, but loose him, loose him, and bring him thither. Bring him to me. Bring him to me. John 6 and 44, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up in the last day. So he says, loose him and bring him to me. That's the whole point. He said, you haven't chosen me, but I've chosen you. The disciples said, go to the city that's against you, and immediately you'll see a colt tied up, and that's the colt I want. What do you mean, the one that's tied up? The one that's never been sat on? (laughs) Yeah, loose him and bring him to me. That's the one I want. And I love, the, I love Jesus' foreknowledge because he knew the question even before the answer. Because the first question I would have asked if I was one of the two disciples is, Lord, we love your plan. We love what you're going to do. But we got one problem. What about the owner of the cult? <laughs> what happens when we go to the other city and we go to untie this cult and old man Johnson comes out with the shotgun? What are you doing with my cult? What do we do? You know, and when God begins to move in our lives and we're tied up in all these things, and I'll be honest, we've kind of bartered and sold ourselves to certain things. We say, well, what about that? I, I want to I serve you, Lord, and I want you to use me, but you've got to understand, I've, I've got this over here that I've got to worry about. And I'm telling you, he is so good, and he is so sovereign. Look what he says. He says in verse 31, And if any man ask you, why do ye lose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. Now, real quick, I want to read that again, because if, if you take nothing home with you tonight, if you take nothing else besides the old man with the shotgun, no, if you take nothing else tonight, look at verse 31. And remember, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. I want to encourage you. Now, I'm not trying to boast your head up. I'm not trying to get you, you know, Paul says, the only thing I'm going to boast of is my infirmities, you know. But I want to tell you that there is not another you. And you were created for a moment such as this to be, to literally, that he may rest on you and you may be able to walk and carry his glory with you. Produce fruit and the fruit may remain. And everything you ask of the Father will be answered. But I want you to understand, he says, if any man asks you, I want to read that again, why do you lose him? Why are you letting him go? Thus shall you say unto him, because the Lord hath need of him. I repent tonight. I have made statements to say that, listen, he don't need me. He don't need me. He's God. 
He don't need me. He wants me, but he don't need me. But I'm just telling you what this verse says. In the actual Greek, the word there for need is the word kariah, which means for necessary use. The example in my strong concordance says to supply what is absolutely necessary for life. Think of that for a second. If there's not another you, you won't be able to reach the people he needs you to reach. If there's not another you, the glory he wants to carry with you, there's not another. I'm telling you, we can talk about hiding the talent in the sand and and that which doesn't have will be given to those who does more. But I'm telling you what this verse says right here. It says, if any man ask why you lose some, tell him because the Lord hath need. Need. Man. You need to step into your calling right now. You need to step into your calling. Because you say, he can't use me. He don't want to use you. And yet he's saying, if anyone asks the question, tell him I need him. Tell him I need him. And that's powerful. And they that were sent there went their way and found even as he has said unto them. Now look at this. And as they were loosing the colt, the owners thereof said unto him, why loose ye the colt? And they said, the Lord hath need of him. Gone. We don't seek us. The old flesh rises up. And I want to say this tonight. The old flesh rises up. It can't be that easy. Because we're bound up. We've got things that no one knows about. Things that are preventing us from literally carrying his glory. From stepping into our calling. Because I'm telling you right now. He needs you loosed. He needs you loosed. You can't stay tied up and, and, and be able to carry it, carry it, to be able to walk it, to be able, him to be able to rest on you. You've got to let things go. And he go, they go to the other city, and, and they sure enough, just as he said it would happen, he said they begin to unloose them. A guy comes and says, why are you loosing them? And he says, the Lord hath need. I'm waiting for him to say, well, that ain't a good enough answer for me. You can't just come in and say, the Lord hath need, and expect me to give your colt. And in that moment, he let, they let him go. And I want to tell you right now, we, we get so hung up on sin and things that are, that are tying us down, that are binding us. And I can tell you, at his word, it's loosed. You say, no, you don't understand. I've been carrying this for a long time. I'm telling you right now. The Lord says, I have need. Loosed. You say, you don't understand. If I, if I let go, if I, if I undo that, man, I'm going to have consequences. I got to go back to my work. I got to go back to my girlfriend or boyfriend. I got to go back to my parents that don't believe the way I believe. I got to go back into my school. I got to go back. Loosed. They begin to untie him. Guy says, why are you untying him? He said, the Lord hath need. And his mouth stays shut. That's the enemy. He does not have any authority. We are scared. I'm telling you, it's, it's literally, we're thinking that colt's so bound up, and, and the disciples just pull a rope and say, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. And I can tell you tonight, whatever you're struggling with, whatever you're dealing with, loose them. Bring them to me. And if any, money, if any man questions it, tell him the Lord hath need. Lord hath need. I wrote this in my notes. I want to read this because it said this. I wrote this, no other questions. No other statements. And can I tell you this evening that by the authority of Jesus Christ upon his word, it is all that you need to be set free. All you need to be loosed. And everything that has bound you is like a single rope, a single knot, unable to be tied by you, but is nothing for the Lord. I want to tell you tonight, stand with me tonight. You don't need anyone's permission.
You don't need anyone else's permission. I got to think about this. No, you don't have to think about it. But I want to tell you, you did not choose him, but he chose you. He chose you. And he's told those two disciples that you're going to go to the city against you and you're going to find a colt. And it's the one I need. What about another one? What if we can't find that colt? Can we find something else? No, you'll find that colt. It'll be right where I, where, right where I placed it. Right where I placed it. Yeah, but that one's tied up. Don't worry about that. Yeah, but that one's never been sat on. Don't worry about that. You just let him go and you bring him to me. And you have to understand that same colt, Jesus entered, entered into the Jerusalem. And what did they say? Hosanna. Hosanna to the highest, which means save. I want to tell you right now that if we would operate in our calling and let the glory of God rest on us, that we may walk out and allow him to just guide us, just as David said, try my reins. God, if you chose me, if I am indeed who you say I am, and you've called me for a time such as this, then Father, I'm telling you tonight, we will experience things just like that. That people will literally come. I, I've seen it before. People come and say, I need you to save me. <laughs> no, no, no. It ain't me that can save, but one that lives in me can and already has. And we can begin to walk out. Listen, I'm telling you, the church is beginning to operate the way it was intended to operate as the body under the leadership of the head. The, the cult under the leadership of the reins. And tonight he's saying to you, listen, I want you to know, I, let me take that back. I need you to know. I need you to know that I've chosen you. And I, in a moment's notice, by the authority of my word, you can be loosed. So I want to go to prayer right now. We'll get a song, worship for a little bit longer. But can we be a David tonight? Can we be a David tonight and say, God, I want you to try my reins. You pull left. If I don't go left, then we got a problem. Father, you pull right. If I don't go right, then I got a problem. I want to be in step with your presence, in step with your Holy Spirit. But I believe God's saying, I'm, I'm calling you out tonight. That I've got a work for you to do. That I literally want to rest on you and allow you to carry my presence everywhere you go. But he said, there's a problem. There's a problem. You got to be untied. You got to be loosed. You got to let it go. And if any man say, why do you loose him? That's what the enemy's going to say. You can't just do it. It ain't that easy. And you can go through all the self-help. You can sit down with a pastor for a 12-week session on sin. And you can read a pamphlet on the Romans roadmap. But I say at the authority of God's word, he says, loose him. I have need of him. That's it. The enemy keeps his mouth shut when God speaks. If only we would understand that. That man that had the colt, in the moment he said, loose him, the Lord hath need of him. He lost the colt. The colt wasn't him as any longer. It was the Lord. So, Father, tonight we ask you right now, search our hearts. Father, we don't understand it, but we're thankful for it. That we did not choose you. Father, we choose you. We give you our yes. But Father, you chose us. And not only did you choose us, but you ordained us. You gave us a purpose. You gave us an authority. You gave us a mission. And Father, tonight, we step out. 
we step out. Father, we unloose anything that might be binding us, anything that might be tying us up. Father, if there is a, someone in here tonight that you have never rested on, no man hath sat on him yet. Father, we pray tonight that they'll have a, a, a legion moment, that your presence, even afar off, we would run and worship you. And what man could not do, and what man could not do, Father, you would simply put us in our right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. But Father, I believe tonight, without a doubt, that this message is of the purpose, that there might be a single rope. There might be some here tonight that are bound up with chains. But Father, there is someone here tonight might have a single rope so easily removed, and yet they are bound against the wall not able to operate, not able to move, not able to come to you. So, Father, we pray tonight. Listen, I say this, Lord, because you put it on my heart. It was not Jesus that went, but he sent two disciples. He sent two disciples to loose that colt. Father, tonight we pray through your children tonight, through your disciples tonight, through the ones here in leadership tonight.